most women who are shut down from their body and they they don't know how to reconnect with their body, it's because they are so heavily in their analytical mind, which is like the masculine, right? It's very much, it's that like five to 7% of the brain that is like analyzing and it's our conscious efforts. That is like, we need the science. I need to know all of the facts, the data, the right? It's like very rigid. Welcome to the Wild and Well Collective Podcast, where we believe empowered health is your superpower. We have combined our expertise in medicine and nutrition to bring you the latest research, expert insights, and success stories of people on a mission to live a big life. So buckle up and get ready to learn how to live wildly well. Welcome back to another killer episode of the Wild and Well Collective. This week's guest is a beautiful soul that I actually had the privilege of connecting through another friend. She is such a powerhouse in her space and her name is Beth Wood. Beth Wood offers somatic coaching and business strategy for women looking to craft a life honoring their feminine design. And if you're not sure what that means, stay tuned for this episode because we tell all. Her programs are designed to help you learn how to reconnect with your feminine nature, cycle sync, live and work seasonally, as well as developing a business to honor your body and energy as a woman. We discuss so much potent and pertinent information, everything from cycle syncing to the masculine feminine balance that you can create within your business, within your life, and the beauty of somatic healing. So without further ado, it is such an honor to have Beth join us in today's podcast. Beth, welcome. It is such an honor to have you here today. I cannot wait to dive into the juiciness of this conversation. I know last time we spoke, there was a lot of wisdom that you shared, and I cannot wait for our listeners to be able to hear it. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Any chance I get to talk about this stuff just makes me super stoked. So can't wait. So let's just dive right in because you're such a powerhouse of knowledge in this space and a huge part of the work that you do is around cycle syncing, around balancing the masculine and feminine energy and really owning that as a powerful, empowered woman. Can you start off and share with our listeners what really is balancing the masculine and feminine? What really is masculine and feminine energy? Because I know there can be so much confusion around this. Yeah. So there's a lot of confusion around it because it is, they're kind of interchangeable terms. So some people use it from a biological perspective, masculine and feminine, then other people use it from an energetic perspective. So I kind of do both because I do believe that men have more masculine energy. Women have more feminine energy and that comes from our hormonal makeup and just from our own design. And so I kind of use them both interchangeably, but it is helpful to decipher like, what are we talking about? So when we're talking about masculine and feminine energy, What we're really talking about is the masculine energy is very, you can think of it kind of like the spermy energy. I did not come up with that. Somebody else did, but it always stuck with me and I don't know who to to credit that to, but it's kind of the spermy energy. So if you think about a sperm, it's like very targeted, very one track mind. Like it's like, I'm going to get to the egg and that is my only job. So it's very singular focused. It's very much about expanding territory. It's very much about like, there's this big, vast world and I'm going to go out and I'm going to expand into it. Whereas eggy energy, which is more the feminine energy is all about receptivity. So where spermy energy is go out and get it, eggy energy is receptivity. She's actually like absorbing the things into her, right? So she's like, I'm open, I'm here and I'm going to absorb, but it's done with intention. And so with the eggy energy, you're really looking at 
she has this really specific boundary and filtration system that says, is this good enough for me or not? And if it's not, it's going to be like a hard no. If it's good for me, then I'm going to go ahead and let it into my space. So the feminine is very much about receiving. She's also the creator. The feminine is this this bridge between what isn't and what is. So the, that creative energy, right? So if you think about a woman, literally the portal between what is not and what is. It's the, the we are the portal that actually brings new life into this earthly realm. And so very much bridging the gap, we kind of have a foot in the spiritual and a foot in the physical, whereas the masculine is much more, the domain of the masculine is the physical realm. The domain of the feminine is the spiritual and emotional realm. So you can kind of start to look at it that way. If you think about like the eggy energy, what are some of the qualities of the eggy energy versus what are some of the qualities of the spermy energy? Spermy energy, again, target, whereas eggy energy is more like, or sorry, arrow versus the eggy energy is a little bit more like the target, the receiver, like I'm here and things are coming to me versus me having to go out and get them. From a hormonal perspective, that looks like men typically have more testosterone, more cortisol, more adrenaline. Those things work synergistically in the male body. That gives them the ability to have singular focus. We think of men like having box brains. And I always describe this, again, not a term I, I coined, but something I go back to a lot. Men are waffles and women are spaghetti. So the way that men's brains work are like they have these individual little compartments in their brain and it, they have to have a specific transition ritual to get them from one box to the next. Whereas women were like, everything is connected all the time. I don't have to like think about, okay, how am I going to get from work mode into children mode? I'm just there. I'm like, oh, Johnny is having a fit on the floor. I'm going to deal with it while I'm having this podcast interview, right? So that's very much like spaghetti brain. Everything is interconnected. And that has to do a lot with our hormonal makeup. So that's where it kind of this idea of like the energy versus the biology of the masculine and feminine, it really does overlap. Because in women's bodies, we do have a different biological makeup than men. And so I use those things kind of interchangeably. But a lot of the times in the self-development world, they're talking more specifically about the energy of the masculine and the feminine. And if you think about the masculine too, the masculine is really the boundary, the protective mechanism that honors and protects the sacredness of the feminine, right? So that shows up as anything from systems in your business to honor your energy, to make sure that you are not being, you know, you've got really good boundaries in your business. You don't have clients that are like, taking too much, you're not giving too much, but you're also able to really serve your clients deeply. So the masculine in your business can look like really good systems. In the birth environment, the masculine can look like a birthing pool. It can look like the doula. It can be anything that's holding and containing that space and really like protecting the sacredness of the feminine in that arena. So it, it's like a huge big conversation and to different people, it means different things. But that's kind of how I view it. So that all kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That was a really cool explanation. I had I love the waffle brain versus the spaghetti brain. Like that. <laughs> oh, helpful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so true. Like we can multitask in. What is your take on how, you know, and how some women really dive more into more of that masculine, like grabbing hold of more of that and losing themselves and losing kind of maybe that innate femininity of really going inward, you know? I mean, because I think a lot of high achievers tend to be very outward, goal-driven, have very spermy energy, as you say. Mm -hmm. And and so it can be hard sometimes to even do inner work when you're in that space to really sit back and listen and feel into the inner workings. Like, how do you approach your clients that kind of come from that space? Yeah. 
So as a, I'm a three on the Enneagram, I'm an achiever, very type A, very organized. Like I, that was what got me into this work was I was like, I'm hitting burnout so often because I will not rest until I've succeeded. So I'm really doing the work for myself so that I can help my clients because I understand that experience. What I see consistently is number one, we want to look at it culturally. So in the 1950s, men went off to war women stepped into the workforce that was designed by men for men. Nothing insidious. It was literally like men were gone and women are amazing at filling the gap and we still had a workforce. We still had to make the, make the economy run. So women step into that environment, but we don't understand that it was designed for a male's biology. So it's designed for a male's 24-hour rhythm. We operate on a, a lunar rhythm, a 28-day rhythm. That's how our hormones work, right? So a lot of what I see is just the misunderstanding that we're somehow not doing it right. And so we have to try so much harder in order to make it work, which puts us in that overachiever mode because we're like, well, we have to figure out how to do this day in and day out every 24 hours and make it work like clockwork. And that makes us feel like we have to overachieve all the time. So there's that component. There's also personality. Like, yes, there are some women who are much more like, I'm just like, I just want to be the homemaker. And I say just as in like, that's the, the single focus that I want. Not that that is not important because that's so important. But like there's the women who want to be the homemaker or the mom. And then there's the women who are like, but I also want to have a business or I want to get this specific expression out into the world and I want it to look this way. Beautiful things. And we need both. And there's nothing wrong or right about either one. It's just for each woman. So personality has a lot to do with it. Upbringing has a lot to do with it. Culture has a lot to do with it. But I think at the core, we want to look at the majority of the women, and this is my own experience in my own work, the majority of the women that I work with that are type A overachievers, like hitting burnout over and over and over, it is not because that's how they actually naturally operate. It's because that's what they feel like they've been forced into. And the reason that that is, a lot of the time, it's cultural. We don't realize we haven't been taught about our own bodies. So we don't even know what it feels like to be in our bodies in a natural, healthy way. And the other thing that happens is a lot of women will be will come to me and they'll be like, well, I've been able to go, go, go forever. And I don't really understand why, like what's there doesn't seem to be any kind of a detriment. Well, the way that women's bodies work is we have this compound nutritive effect. And so what happens is when we have stress over and over and over, it takes much longer for us to see it biologically than men because our hormones work on an essentially a 90 day. It takes 90 days for an egg to mature. So it takes our bodies a lot longer to see results in the gym, results in our diet. It takes us a longer, a lot longer to notice emotional changes that happen over the course of those three months. So we have this compound effect. So if we're super stressed, we are built for longevity. We're built to be able to have babies and to be able to pass on nutrition to those babies. So we, our bodies hold things very differently than men. So what ends up happening is when we're stressed for long periods of time, it doesn't show up until way later. It shows up as osteoporosis when you're in your, when you're like perimenopausal or menopausal. It shows up in, in early death. It shows up in heart attacks. It shows up in all of these different ways or in more subtle ways earlier. So it shows up in, I'm having panic attacks all the time. I don't know why. I have PMDD. I have postpartum depression. It shows up in these subtle, it's not really subtle, but it shows up in these much subtler ways because our bodies are like, we, we still have to go. We still have to take care of our babies. We still have to make sure that we're like surviving at a basic level, right? But I also am not gonna, I like can't pull from resources I don't have. So it shows up in all these weird little ways. 
I've never had a client that is truly like, I'm an overachiever and this is the way I was designed. There's always a misunderstanding from a biological perspective or from an emotional, like psychosomatic perspective. So that's kind of how I see that picture. <laughs> I love how you explained that. And I think it's so relevant. I know Krista and I are both very similar in that space. Like we tend to lean a lot into the masculine energy and it was a huge learning curve. And you mentioned burnout a number of times as you were explaining that and I know it's something that again both of us have gone through and it can be really hard to navigate as well if you are operating in your masculine and you're seeing those results and like you say you're not seeing the negative byproduct of those results until potentially even three months down the track right so when you're talking about navigating this burnout and it's obviously a journey you've been on do you mind sharing a little bit of like your story and how you overcame that and how that how you really ended up leaning into more of this feminine space and mastering that because you do this so eloquently (laughs) let's see if i can give you the clip notes version so um let's see so originally it started i was out in more of a corporate kind of environment and i would even when i was really young like even when i would go to like primary school I would get to a point where I would be overworking and I would have some kind of an illness and my mom would have to take me out of school. So this goes back like a long time. And she would go, yeah, every three months, it's so weird. You'll get really sick. You'll either be like vomiting or something will happen. You'll get really sick, but it's like clockwork every three months. It's so weird. Now knowing what I know, I'm like, oh, well, of course, because my poor little body was like, I just can't. And I'm going to give you whatever I can to make sure that you can go and rest and you can have space. So that was like the original. And then I went into more of a corporate environment, was working a lot, working full time and just kept getting sick. And eventually it hit a point where I was having, I had gallbladder attack. I had to do gallbladder cleanses. I was like passing stones. All of this stuff was happening and my body was just falling apart. And so I ended up being essentially on bed rest for like six to eight months. I could not function. I was literally eating rice, peas and a little bit of avocado for nine months. I was, I just could not eat anything. I couldn't digest anything. Like my body was just shutting down couldn't hold a job because I couldn't even get to my car without feeling really dizzy and like feeling like I was going to pass out. So I felt like maybe a vehicle, driving a vehicle wasn't a great idea. So it was really hard. So I I started my own business strategy company and executive assistance business. And so I was working virtually and I had about half 50-50 men versus women clients. And what I kept noticing was my male clients and my female clients were dealing with very similar levels of business, levels of stress, like team sizes, all of that. But my female clients were disproportionately more affected than my male clients. They were falling apart at the seams, like similar stuff that I was having, infertility issues, sleep issues. They were having heart palpitations. There was all this stuff going on. And I was like, it's really weird that you guys are all dealing with the same things, but you're not dealing with them well. What's going on? And I'm really into anthropology. I'm really into ancestral medicine. I'm into traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda. And so those were the ways that I pulled myself kind of out of that was learning those types of modalities just on my own in my own learnings. And as I studied more and more of that, I was like, oh, they all talk about the masculine and the feminine. And they all talk about the differences between the biology between male and female and how women work as the moon and men work as the sun and all of these different things. So I started to kind of put the pieces together that way. And I started incorporating that into my business. I eventually like just dropped guys all together in my business. I just, I wasn't as excited to work with them. So I was working only with women. And eventually I heard the term of cycle syncing that was coined by Alyssa Vitti. That's her whole methodology. And it kind of resonated and it kind of didn't. I was really thankful that I had language for the framework of the female biology and our 28 day infradian rhythm. 
but it was also like this feels super masculine it feels very rigid and it, it doesn't feel applicable like i heard about seed cycling way early on and i was like there's no way i'm changing the seeds i eat every single day i'm just not doing that so i started like i was like okay so there's like you know i'll take a little bit from this and start to understand understand it from that perspective but it made more sense to me when i was going back to ayurveda and chinese medicine and so I started piecing all of this together, really started bringing it in with my clients and helping them see like you work differently. Your body does not have the same cognitive focus day to day. You don't have the same body composition day to day. Your brain matter changes what, like 35% or something over the course of the month. There's so many drastic changes that happen for you every 28 days. So if you expect to show up in your business every single day, the exact same, or as a mom, every single day, the exact same, you're going to feel burnt out and it's not going to work. And so I started bringing that in and it was really over the course, like I'm in eight, I think year eight of of doing this and it's had different iterations, but it eventually was like through my own experience and then testing it out with my sweet clients who were so willing to be guinea pigs at the time to develop what I have now, which is my gentle business jumpstart. And it's this framework of we're going to include the biology of your body. We're going to include some of the ancestral wisdom of maybe your specific heritage, but then also ancestry as a whole, like what have our ancestors always done and how can we actually weave that into modern day systems or your your current experience? A lot of that looks like seasonal living and seasonal business. But then also can we bring in the masculine right into our business and into our lives, which is coming in the form of really good systems, automations, delegations, optimizing things. That's where the masculine comes in. And so I kind of like pieced it all together into one I have now. And honestly, it keeps evolving. And I think that's that's part of the beauty of business and of of learning and healing is it's like it constantly evolves. And if you're not growing, you're dying. So I kind of love it. But it is it's kind of this whole long thing that got me to say. I like that you took the cycle sinking and thought it was a little rigid. I mean, it is some people really thrive in severe structure, right? I am not out of those people. Like if, if you give me structure of like, how can I like break out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think it is life changing yeah. to understand our hormones. And and I try to share that a lot with my patients as well, because how many years do most women, maybe never, they may never learn in their cycling years, the intricacies and the variation that yeah. naturally happens that we cannot work out the same all yeah. month long. And we really shouldn't be doing the same things in our day-to-day -day life all day long. And so I'm really curious to hear how you have kind of brought in a bit more fluidity to that rigidity. For me, I just sort of, in my mind, check in, you know, with a workout before I grab the weights, like, wait, where am I at? Am I grabbing heavy or am I grabbing? Like, but, you know, I started out with the calendar of like, this is the week I'm on. Yeah. I just, you know, I broke out of that really quickly. So I'm really curious yeah. here how you've kind of brought a little bit of more fluid to that. Yeah. So there's two things that came to mind. Number one is I didn't touch on somatic work and that's like what underpins all of the stuff that I do. And that really is what serves what you're talking about right now. So somatic work is that mind body connection. And my true belief is that your body holds the wisdom and we are we are literally woven together with the wisdom of an of our ancestors. And so that's written into our genetic code. So it's it's less about the what exactly do I have to do every single day? And it's a lot more about following your own energy and trusting that the insights that come are for you. The reason that the cycle thinking method I didn't love was because it was a masculine format. It's a masculine framework. So to me, it was like, this doesn't mesh. You can't speak to a woman about being in her feminine coming from a masculine structure. And I have never met a woman who is like, I hate structure, who 
ends up, well, either direction, either hate structure or love structure so much that that's all they can handle. I've never met a woman who that's authentic to them. That's usually just one end of the pendulum. And so we work, we use somatic work to really bring that to center and, and understand what actually works for you. And so for me, really leaning into the wisdom of your own body is the most important thing you can do. That is what underpins everything to me. And so for me, like I do track my ovulation for fertility planning purposes. We're not quite ready to have a family. I've been doing that for I don't even know how long, years and years, and that's been amazing. But I know the moment that I ovulate, not because I'm checking all of the physical signs, but because I feel it and I actually know what's happening in my body. Then I double check with all of those other things to just make sure we don't want any any accidents. But that's one of the things that it's like the more you understand and you have that that really, truly, deeply intimate relationship with your own body, the more you know exactly what you need in the moment. And so I think somatic work is really powerful in that because it helps you reconnect to the wisdom of your own body and understand how to listen to it. I think that's one of the things that that few people understand is we don't actually even know how to speak the same language as our bodies, especially as women, because we're taught that we are to beat our body and make it our slave, to just push through it and grind it out and hustle and all of these things, which quiets the body messages until... It gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder in the form of some kind of a disease for us to actually take notice and be like, oh, really sorry, I guess I've been doing too much. And for most women, that starts with burnout, where it's like your body, the only way your body can communicate to you at that point is through pain or total shutdown. And so it's like, I'm going to make you hurt until you actually listen to me and you take notice and you stop doing what you're doing that's harming me. So I'm a huge believer in somatic work and understanding just the basics of your biology through like really learning the language like okay what does it mean to have a follicular phase what what how does that feel in my body what types of energy does that mean i'm going to have but then realizing that your situation your nervous system just events in your month can shift that you know your actual ovulation it get that which can bump your period so you have to be able to stay up to date on your body and really the only way to do that is through listening to your body so yeah i love what you said about like checking in every single day and being like, what does my body actually want today? There, And I that was my experience even when I was healing from not being able to eat anything. I was obsessed with pears. And I was like, why do I love pears so much? What is going on? And that's like all I wanted to eat. Later on down the road, I find out that pears are really, really healing for the liver and gallbladder. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And that happens over and over and over. But it takes listening to the body for your body to be like, I know what I need to heal. I already know. It's already written into my body. I just need you to shut up for a second. Listen. So that's really what I like to teach people is how to listen to it, how to accept it, and then how to act on it from that point. That's so powerful. Like you say, really listening to your body. And, you know, to coin a term of intuition, I think has been so overlooked, so oversuppressed like, over in our society. And it's, you know, it's, it was done as done, but I think as women, we've been taught to shut it off and to shut it out. And even as we think about resourcing ourselves with our bodies, we give our power to the medical system. We give our power outside of ourselves. We even do it with coaches and that sort of thing. And I'm, I've been guilty of it, being the coach and also being the one in the position receiving the feedback where yeah. you kind of just want someone to take care of it and sort it out for you because you're sick of being in the pain but you really shut down that intuitive knowing of, you know, I think about the amount of times I asked my doctor, you sure the pill is okay? You sure the pill is okay? You sure it's fine for me to be on this? And it's like, it was shutting down my natural feminine cycle. It was shutting down my connection to my body. And so 
when you talk about that listening to your body and listening to yourself, one of the biggest problems that I see with my clients, and I, I imagine, you know, it's the same for both of you, women are so disconnected from their own bodies. Even the idea of listening and tr- even trusting it, that's almost a whole nother conversation. But how do you lean into that intuitive state? How do you lean into, obviously through, like you've mentioned, somatic work, but how do you even begin that process? Because there'll be a lot of women listening going, I, one, am hating my body and hating where it's yeah. at. And two, I don't even know how to listen anymore because I've shut it down for so long. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I do like the cycle thinking approach to kind of get a foot in the door of the analytical mind. So most women who are shut down from their body and they they don't know how to reconnect with their body, it's because they are so heavily in their analytical mind, which is like the masculine, right? It's very much, it's that like five to 7% of the brain that is like analyzing and it's our conscious efforts. That is like, we need the science. I need to know all of the facts, the data, the right? It's like very rigid. So the cycle thinking structure is an amazing way to get a foot in the door of that part of your brain. And then as you learn it, you can kind of wean yourself off. So I love that structure for women who are just starting out so that they can start to understand, okay, so you know how right before you start your period, you feel really grumpy and all of the questions from the kids make you mad and you feel like you need your husband to leave the house for three days and every little speck of dust drives you crazy. That's because this, this, and this is happening in your body And so it's okay if that happens and you can actually plan for it so that you don't rip your husband's head off. Sounds great, doesn't it? And then the husbands are like, thank you, right? So it's a really good way to give them practical application right away. But then we weave in, okay, so now did you know that, that the hemispheres of the brain are really closely connected in that stage? So from a spiritual perspective, all that subconscious stuff is coming up in order to be processed and released the same way that your body is getting ready to do this beautiful purge and cleanse. So you can actually work with the stuff that's coming up. So so now we can go, okay, you're getting really angry. Let's work with that anger. So there's, you can kind of step, like step it and start with, okay, here's the physical response. Here's the science around it. This is what the hormones are doing. And then you can get kind of more into the gray area that our analytical minds are really scared of at first, which it totally makes sense. Like we come from a science world, like the Western world is very much based on science. And so it's normal for that to that was me. I'm like, I am all about bridging the science and spirituality because I'm like, okay, but if science doesn't back it up and what I've learned is that science will never catch up with the female biology. It just won't because we we just now in the last 10 years have dubbed the infradian rhythm. We just now figured that out. And we're just now figuring out like, oh, actually the meridians that we talk about in Chinese medicine, there's actually a ton of science around that. Now we know that your body actually transfers light from one place to another in your body and we have science around it. So the more you get into this, the more you're like, oh, science isn't that, like it's not that smart. And so we can kind of let go of putting science on a pedestal and we can really lean into our our body's own wisdom and realize that like your body is so much more ancient and more wise than science gives it credit for And that's where you get to really take back your authority and your power. But it does make sense that we have to kind of start with some science. (laughs) Some of those like, yeah, here's what your body's doing. This is what the hormones are doing. This is what we can read on lab tests. This feels much safer. And then as, and that's again, masculine. It's the protector that's like, no, you have to tell me that this will work. And then as we start to be like, okay, so now do you see that this all makes sense? 
then the body, the women really are able to like relax and lean back into their feminine. And then the intuition gets turned back online. I think it's been really enlightening to be like, oh, that's what's going on. Because I think particularly for busy, you know, goal-driven people, women, you don't pause and you don't listen to your body because you're just not making time to be quiet with your body. And so if you could, could you like, I know we could spend an entire hour on the actual 28 day cycle, but if you could just kind of summarize the four, you know, the four weeks and what briefly, because I think sharing that with people, the aha will come on like, oh my God, yeah, that's totally like, I do feel better. My husband is better looking week three. Yeah. I do feel more social and energetic week three. You know, I mean, things like that, I think summarizing it the best way that you can is might be helpful for people listening to at least get a taste of what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. So the easiest way to remember it is you go through all four seasons, just like nature does. You just go through them every single month. So I always start with winter. So winter is when you're bleeding. I'm not going to do like it's this amount of days because every woman right now is so different. But you start with your period, right? That's phase one. And that's your winter. That's when you're much more introspective your energy is all come back inward. It's all like you're all in your own inner world. You probably don't have a ton of energy for the external world. You probably don't have heightened um, communication skills. It's probably a little bit rougher. And that gives you, you have a pretty heightened attention to detail, but you're going to be very reflective. You're looking into the past, like, okay, what went well? You might want to project into the future. What do I want to bring into the future? What do I want to create? It's very reflective and introspective. So that's winter and like low energy, low libido, warming foods. Like you want to treat it like a winter. You want to warm yourself up and you want to give yourself some space and some peace. Then you move into your follicular phase and that is like your spring. And so this is when energy starts to build back up for every woman. It's a little bit different. I usually start to feel that follicular springy energy like around day three, day four. But for every woman, like some women are like, I don't feel it till day seven. Totally depends. So spring energy and you think about it like spring it's like those new little tender blossoms that are starting to come out of like out of the ground they're starting to emerge but it's also a little bit unpredictable so you it's a transition season between your winter and your summer so that's where you might have kind of an ebb and flow of energy so one day you might feel really enthusiastic and like i want to go hang out with my girlfriends and then the next day you're like i may have overdone it and i kind of want to stay close to home again so again it's you want to give yourself lots of permission to be in that flow but this is like you're building up to the the event of ovulation. And so you have this creative energy. So this is a really good time to start brainstorming, to start acting on some of your creative inspirations that maybe you had in your menstrual phase. You probably are going to, your brain's going to be going quite a bit. This is a good time you're, you're, because your energy is starting to increase. You might want to do a little bit more workout. You might be a little bit more inclined to do things like HIIT workouts you can tolerate because of the way your digestion work, works here. You can tolerate more like raw fruits and vegetables where in, in your menstrual phase, your digestion is like, no, please don't give me that. You can tolerate a little bit more of that, like smoothies and things like that. So again, transition phase, more spring-like energy. Then you hit ovulation. So ovulation is a one-day event, but the energy of ovulation can last like three to five days. So you, it, this is like the culmination of your period. This is the peak. And then your menstruation is like your valley. <laughs> so that peak is you have super heightened communication skills. Your body is literally like, okay, give me a baby. And so it's in this beautiful receivership. You are biologically primed to attract a mate. So your eyes are dilated, your voice is lower, your skin is plumper, 
again, like your voice is more communicative. You were literally like, come to me. They've done studies where like women who are in bars who are ovulating, they're a certain percentage more likely to go home with a guy because they're ovulating and men find them more attractive. So this is like, do your photo shoots, do your video stuff, get on Instagram live. Like that is the time to maximize those, that energy. So again, that's like summer. So everything is just prime and ready and you're just feeling juicy and amazing and magnetic. Then you move into your luteal phase and your luteal phase is your longest phase. It's typically about two weeks and it's kind of split into like two different sections. So the first half of your luteal phase is you probably are still coming down from that ovulatory high. So you probably are still pretty communicative. You want to go hang out with people like you're a lot more bouncy and energetic. You can tolerate hit workouts. You can tolerate like really hitting your PRs. Your digestion is really strong. But as you get further and further into that luteal phase, you start to enter into an, an inner autumn. And so that's where the energy is like, okay, we've been out. Now we're going to come back in and it starts to withdraw and come back into yourself. And so again, introspection starts to be more heightened. But what's cool about this phase, and I personally love it, it's the most masculine phase. So you have the most drive to get structured things done. And so like I do the majority of my business in my luteal phase, in the two weeks of my luteal phase, and then I'm like hands off on my business the rest of the month for the most part. So you can really maximize a ton in your luteal phase and you have a heightened attention to detail and introspection. So you can do all of your copywriting, you can do your bookkeeping, all of those quieter tasks that take a lot of focus. You are primed for that in your luteal phase. But because of that attention, that heightened attention to detail, your senses are all turned up too. So your like your actual hearing, your taste, your touch. That's why it's like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. And like, well, uh, all of the kids are making noise and my husband won't stop asking me questions. And like, it feels you get more agitated more easily because your senses are heightened. And so really prioritizing peace. Again, autumn, if you think of like fall vibes, it's like, okay, I want my cozy drink and I want my cozy blanket. And I kind of want to just like look out the window and like think about things and journal. That's more the vibe. So you want to lean into that and know that that's when you can really get a lot done in your business. But again, it's a transition phase. So the energy that you have there might not be super duper predictable, but you can guess that you're probably going to start to come back inward and really want more quiet space, prioritizing peace, like getting a babysitter for the kiddos, making sure you have lots of space around you, not feeling like you're claustrophobic. That's when I like to detail clean my home. That's when I like to wrap up everything from the month, make sure that all of my projects are done so that I can really truly rest in my winter phase because it kind of acts this inner autumn acts kind of like a, the third trimester like a nesting phase for a pregnant mother very similar energy so your body is like i'm going to prepare everything that i can so that i have this huge energy like drop that's going to happen i need to make sure that i'm ready for that and so it gives you this really specific unique energy surge in order to resolve everything and get it wrapped up so that you can rest so it's, there's like, they all work together and they work beautifully. And when you start to honor that, that's how you get a sustainable cycle of energy and you don't feel like you're hitting burnout over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so beautiful. And it's just amazing how intertwined our bodies are with nature, right? I remember when I first learned about the cycle thinking and then the fact that they were linked with the seasons, that was the aha moment for me, mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, the winter is that Netflix and chill kind of time of month where yeah. you're not doing the the fun part of the Netflix and chill if you're wearing it. Right. You're really just wanting to watch Netflix and chill out. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's it's a really beautiful way you describe that to our listeners. And I know so many of the women in our community are high performance individuals. Mm -hmm. And you have touched on as you went through some of those phases, 
how that can be applicable to business, how you can apply it to your life. And I'm wondering if someone is sitting here going, okay, this sounds awesome, but they're very, you know, like I was, and you can very easily lean into when you're running your own business or you are a high-performing human, you're living your masculine. You're like, cool, I'm going to make a list of all of the things. Like, this is what I did when I started cycling. And I was like, this is what I do in my um, luteal phase, which is my autumn. This is what I do in my... And you, you can end up making this beautiful feminine process, like you say, super, super masculine. And so... If someone's listening and go, okay, where do I start and how do I stay in my feminine? Like, you know, one thing I will quite often do is get people to do it with their workouts because it feels a little bit less stressful in terms of, okay, let's just pick one area of your life we're going to focus on. Is there anything in particular you recommend for people that are really wanting to lean into that softness, lean into the ebbs and flows of this cycle a little bit more? Yeah. So... One of the things I love to remind women of is that the masculine is about what you do. The feminine is about who you are. So the feminine is the come from energy. So you can do the things in a masculine way or in a feminine way. So it's not about not doing tasks. That's one of the things that really scared me when I first was getting into this was I was like, well, does that mean that I just have to like be the Bali babe and just like sit on a, you know, I can't do that. That's not me. I like to work. I like to like get dirt underneath my fingernails. I like to grind it out. That that brings me life. That supports me. So that freaked me out at first. And that's where understanding that you as a woman, women are hard ass workers. Like we get stuff done. It's not about not doing things. It's about the come from energy. And it's about not spiking your cortisol and your adrenaline and your testosterone and like relying on that, which ultimately taxes your adrenals, right? Like we know all of the ways that it, it messes with the female biology. So it's about the come from energy. So there's a difference between doing the dishes in your masculine where you're just grinding it out and your teeth are clenched and you're just like, you know, butt clenched, like everything is, you're just like, ah, and you're just like, I'm just going to get this done as efficiently as possible. That's doing it from your masculine. There's nothing wrong with that inherently, except that that's, that is spiking all of those things in your body that you don't need as a woman. Coming to that same task in your feminine looks like maybe lighting a candle, throwing a podcast on, or just being in, like letting your brain just go and feeling the warmth of the water going over your hands. And like, there's a difference in the way that you you come from something in order to do a task. And that's the difference between the masculine and the feminine. Now from the cycle, so this is where that's the energy, right? The biology for that is if you want to get into cycle thinking, just start with the thing that's most exciting to you. Is that fitness? Is that diet is that sex and intimacy is that like what what for you is the area that you would like to start in and just start there i usually tell women non-negotiable just set aside one day a month to rest and that doesn't mean not doing anything for some women it does for me when i was first like when i after i hit burnout and i was healing i rested a lot more and that looked like three hour naps in the middle of the day and i designed my business to allow for that and that's that's like a next level kind of situation. But for most women, I'm like, at least give yourself more space one day out of the month when you're menstruating day one, day two or day three, ideally day one, because that's when your energy is the lowest. Just set aside that day to be more of a sacred day for you. And maybe that looks like going and getting a massage if you are able to do that. Maybe that just looks like having somebody come and grab the kids. Maybe that just looks like having no meetings that day and it's only computer work, you know, if you've got a business. So it gets to work for whoever and in whatever way is going to work for you. It doesn't have to be, again, that's where if you're like, I have to do all of the things, stop everything. Just stop that right now because that's your masculine and just go with what feels most lit up to you 
and see how that works. And that's nuanced. And so that can scare some women when it's like, I can't just trust myself to make a decision. So if that's you, that's when I recommend, okay, just take one day out of the month to rest and be very consistent with it. Because what that signals to your body is that there is rest coming. And so it can be like, okay, so I can work and work and work, but I know there's an end point and it gives your body a chance to reset. If you, if that's all you do, give yourself two or three days out of the month. If that is the only thing you do for your female biology, just give yourself two or three days out of the month to like not have meetings and just lay low. That will change your health. Just that all by itself. I think it's really interesting. Like growing up, I thought, oh, my family had anxiety. So I have anxiety. Oh, I've got heart palpitations. Uh, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And realizing like, well, it's because I'm just running myself ragged. You know, like when you wake up to that, it's like, oh, it's just a symptom of something that we get to be aware of. It's not that, oh, my family had anxiety. So now I just need to go on the antidepressant, whatever. Maybe, maybe for a period of time while you're healing, but it's so empowering to know that I'm not broken. My brain's not broken. It's you got to sit back and and for me personally, tapping into the cycle syncing was most tangible in the gym. Now mm -hmm. I'm one likes to work out. I also like to eat, but I like to work out. So that is a consistent thing in my life. And so it was very tangible for me yeah. to start applying it. And when I've applied it somewhere that day in the gym that I know, oh, remember you're on a walk day. We're not doing hit today because your period just started. So we're walking today. And that also means it's okay that I don't have a lot of energy to put forth in other areas of my life. And I think where women get frustrated it was when they're not aware then they get more angry with themselves more frustrated with where they feel energetically and it's just a natural thing but when you're not even aware of it like i personally was not for years then you're just in self beat up and and then you're trying to run through these things which right. really is more difficult on the adrenal glands on on the whole physiological mm -hmm. makeup of your body so i like that you mapped it out in seasons too because i think it's going to help people remember yeah easier the seasons yeah. and how it's reflected in your body and becoming aware, like you said, choose one area of your life that makes it easy for you to be like, oh, wait, if I'm not feeling my best, where am I at in my cycle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all about awareness and understanding too that you're, again, this is why I go back to, to somatics is things like anxiety. That's all information for you. And that's a deep subconscious response. I had panic attacks for years and years and years and years that would loop on hours. Like I would be like eight hours in with panic attacks that would just loop because I was ignoring so much of my own body and so much of my own insight and wisdom that the panic attack was the last ditch effort of my body to be like, get up, like pay attention. I need you to listen. When I started working that stuff somatically, like I haven't had a panic attack in eight years and it just was overnight it stopped because I worked it somatically. So that's a big piece of it too is yes, there's the hormonal stuff, but the body responds to the mind. The, it's it's the subconscious mind influences the conscious brain and your thoughts. Your thoughts influence your and your emotions, and then your emotions influence your body, and then it's a cycle and it goes back through. So when you've got a physical symptom in the body, guaranteed it's psychosomatic. Whether that's anger, whether that's thyroid issues, whether that's weight, it's guaranteed something that's going on in this. In it's the psychosomatic connection, and so working it that way is so, so important. And I feel like cycle syncing starts to give you insight as to what's going on. It gives you like that first, again, like foot in the door for your body specifically. Why is it that you have anxiety at this part of the month versus, versus you know, like anger or depression at this point of the month? What makes that, what is that for you? 
what's happening is that a is that a behavior that you saw modeled to you growing up and so you thought that that was safe because these are all this is all information of your body being like i'm trying to keep you safe it's protector it is not a bad thing anger postpartum depression anxiety they're not bad things it's literally information and it's protectorship over our the sacredness of us those are all of the masculine energies in our body super important so it's all again it all kind of like weaves in and out and talks to each other so i just feel like cycle thinking is like let's start here this is the easiest place to start and then as you start to tune into your body you will start to be like oh my gosh okay so i'm getting angry every single time you know my period rolls around because i'm realizing that i don't feel support and that's because that's what i saw my dad model to my mom and then i realized that my mom had a ton of resentment and then that you know like it it's crazy and instead of it being then okay i have depression it's like i'm feeling sad i have sadness here and i need to speak to it and I need to accept it and I need to let that integrate so that it's not taking dominion over my life. So it's like this, it gets even bigger. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's amazing once you unturn that stone, right? How much starts yeah. to come out of the woods and you're like, wow, oh. I didn't realize like the personal growth journey, the personal development yeah. journey. And I know for I know, a lot of listeners, even the word somatic can be new and can be mm-hmm. even not even misunderstood, but like, what is this somatic mean because there's so many different layers to it and i think yeah because like we talked about earlier there's such a disconnect from our body i know a lot of the times when you even just get people to take a few deep breaths and drop into their heart space sometimes the tears well up sometimes that anxiety or the burnout or the overproductivity that leaves us stuck in our masculine energy has been trying to suppress for so long all these emotions because like it's so much easier to just keep going and keep going and keep yeah. going burnout strikes right mm-hmm. you not feel to mm-hmm. not have to deal with some of those emotions whether it's because we've been told that it's weak to feel them or whether it's too we're being too much or too loud or mm-hmm. we're not enough and so when we're starting this somatic journey or even looking at re reconnecting to our body like what what does somatic work I know you've talked about the subconscious mind and how that impacts our conscious mind, our thoughts and emotions. But aside from things like breath work, which people may be familiar with, and there's obviously different types of that, what other type of somatic work or what is somatic work for people who are unaware? Um, yeah. So the word somatics is literally, it's this, it's from the Greek word soma, which just means the living body and its wholeness. So anytime we're talking about somatics, we're talking about looking at the body from a whole person perspective. So we're looking at I was taught through Alyssa Nubriga. Um, she has a, a process called Sembu. And so we're talking about S stands for somatic, E stands for emotional, N stands for mindset. <laughs> yeah, emotional mindset, B is behavioral, and then U is unconscious. So the body, the human experience encapsulates all of those things. So as a somatic coach, depending on the person, depending on their experience, depending on what they're coming to me for, we can come in at any one of those places in order to start reworking those deep-seated beliefs, patterns, and behaviors. So for some people, like for me, when I first started working with somatic work, I did not like going into like the actual somatics, like the body. I was like, no, no, that does not feel safe. I'm not going there. So I started with mental and emotional. Once I got the hang of that and I started to feel more trust, then I was able to go more into the somatics. And now I'm like, I can, you know, hit it from any direction. So depending on what my clients need and where they're coming from, I hit it from a a different angle because we never push the body past its own evolution. This is one of the things that I hate about 
detoxes and talk therapy and things like that is oftentimes it puts the body into a state of fight or flight. And you end up re-traumatizing the body because either you're reliving it by verbally processing it or you're forcing the body to detox when it's not ready. Either the, you know, the detox pathways aren't open or there, there's a whole variety of things that can happen with that. So I don't ever recommend that without lots and lots of support around it. And that's not to say like talk therapy is bad, but from my perspective, I love looking at it from this, this psychosomatic connection. And so it looks like a whole lot of different things that can look like breath work, that can look like meditation, that can look like really most of my work is tuning into the felt sensation in the body and asking very specific questions to insight the wisdom that way, and then reworking the subconscious patterns. So NLP does that. I am certified in NLP. It just depends on each person. And like you said, breathwork is a version of it. There's different body like movement programs, and that's also somatics. So there's it's a really big broad term that everybody uses it a little bit differently. So I kind of combine everything and put it into one experience and work with that person and help them like come at it from whatever angle is going to work best for them and their experience. Does that answer your question? Yeah, beautifully. I think it is interesting how some people are more comfortable with certain avenues into the deeper issue. But I ultimately think it's so great when you can finally just get into the body and feel that emotion. Where does it live in your body? What does that feeling look like? And I even use that with my kids who are mm -hmm. yeah, dealing with anxiety. Okay, great. What does that anxiety feel like in your body? Yeah. Yeah. Just allowing that sensation in the body to speak. Yeah. And, and I think it does two things. You get clarity on what's actually going on, but it also creates a sense of separation between me and this entity. So yeah. I, you know, like anxiety feels like all consuming. It's not you. You're experiencing anxiety. Yeah. I think when you can tap into where it lives in your body, it really does power you a bit that it's a separate yeah. entity from you, which is yeah. Yeah. people to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When we identify it, that's when we're stuck with it versus like I I'm anxious is like I have it. It's me. It's part of me versus I anxiety is here. That alone, that verbiage change will shift it just because it's like, oh, anxiety is here. And it's like, okay, I can like, I can accept and I can hold the anxiety and I can say, it's okay. It's okay that you're here. What do you need to tell me? Right. That's a lot of the conversations. It's like, what do you need to, to tell me? What do you need to kind of get off of your chest? Right. We, we ask questions like that. And then anxiety has a chance to speak. And then it's like, okay, I feel better now. I'm going to go hang out somewhere else. Like, that's it. it. You're right. It's like creating that space between the experience and who you are as a human being. Yeah. That's so important. I love that you do that with kids. It's one of, it's so good. Cause especially since kids don't often have the language to be able to describe what's going on. It's like, oh, okay, where do you feel it in your body? What does it look like? Is it hokey? Is it soft? Is it moving? Is it still? What is it like? Does it have a color? And that's such a good way to like understand to get familiar with it. Cause a lot of it is the nervous system fears the unknown, right? Anything that the nervous system thinks is unfamiliar, it will automatically tag as unsafe. So something in our bodies that feels unfamiliar, we're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is scary. And we're automatically going to go into a freak out mode. Whereas if we can start to understand it and get familiar with it, it softens that sensation and it creates more safety. And then we can actually look at it objectively rather than identifying with it. So yeah, so good. I love that. Just kind of wrap it up with how can people find you and, and also share with our audience what capacity you work with people? Because you've mentioned business You've, you've mentioned somatics. Like I'm really curious, do you have different kind of ways that people work with you? Yeah. So I'm Rosewood Woman, pretty much everywhere. Instagram, uh, rosewoodwoman.com and it's W-O-M-A-N, not women, woman. So 
yeah, Instagram and Facebook and website, it's all Rosewood Woman. And right now I have two primary offerings. So I have one-to-one business coaching, essentially. It's called the Gentle Business Jumpstart. And that's how you start or scale your feminine focused business. So we go through everything from your branding and marketing and cyclical systems, seasonal business, your vision cast casting, but we do it all from a feminine place. So you get free access to my cycle syncing course. So you can start to learn all of that. So that's kind of like the creme de la creme. That's like my my primary offering. And within that, you also get somatic work. So depending on what's coming up in the session, we pair the masculine strategy and systems with the feminine soul work. So we do the somatics, we do the mindset, we do the behavioral, we also do the strategy, and we actually help you implement and take action on your business so that you can scale it sustainably without the burnout junk. So that's that's my primary guy. And then I also offer one-to-one somatic coaching for any woman who's looking to re-engage in her own life and find purpose. And so that is heavily somatic work. And I work with women in three to six months packages and it totally depends on the woman and what they're coming to me for. So I have a lot of mamas. I have a lot of business owners who are like, I have the business set up, but my capacity to hold the goals that I have is not there. Like I'm scared to actually reach the goals that I'm setting for myself because my capacity isn't ready to actually hold it. My nervous system can't handle it yet. So we do a lot of expansion and a lot of capacity enhancement that way. So those are my two primary guys. And then I do have a cycle syncing course that I'm revamping and changing where I'm putting that. So it's kind of on hold right now, but that'll come in a couple of months as well. Beautiful. I have just loved this conversation and loved picking your brain. It's a topic that, you know, I think both of us having gone through such similar journeys in the sense that, you know, so prone to burnout, high achieving, and I'm sure a lot of people are able to relate with everything that you've shared and hopefully open their minds to what is actually possible. And I think like we talked about with understanding our hormones, even from like the most basic level to now understanding that there's a way you can live and be and operate from in such a beautiful flow state, really, really powerful. So we just appreciate your time so much, Beth. And You'll be able to find all of Beth's details in the show notes as well. And if you do have any questions, I'm sure your DMs are open. They are always happy yeah. to, to chat more as well to support you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. You guys asked great questions. <laughs> Beautiful. Take care. Bye. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave us a review, download, and subscribe. If you know someone that could also benefit from this conversation, please share. That's how we spread empowered health. We'll see you again for another episode of the Wild and Wild Collective.